Good day, listeners. This is Lori Ann, and I am the host of Bleak Midlife Bulimia. So we are on episode three, and I just wanted to give you a little bit of a background of my journey of 30 years in bulimia. Uh, I am 10 years recovered and quite happy about it because I feel like I'm living again. But uh, in my particular case, I started around 17. Uh, when I was 16, my parents moved me to another uh, city. And I always say that it was very much like when you're 16, you may as well have, you know, sent me to Siberia, even if it was just five hours away. But uh, from there, I was very active in the school when I was 16. But then when I moved to the new school, I was quite passive because they didn't have the same sports that I loved to play. And ultimately being passive, uh, the eating habits changed at the same time. Now, granted, let me go back really quickly, but my uh, eldest sister was getting married just before we moved as well. And she had told me that I was overweight. And so she put me on a liquid diet and that's where the dieting started. Prior to that, I never even thought about it. I mean, I know when I was a kid, I was picked on for being overweight, but looking back now was primarily because I was probably about five inches taller than them. So the actual weight on the scale had nothing to do with how fat I was back then. You know, you don't know that as you guys would probably imagine. So coming back forward again, from that point on though, I became very aware. Now understand I was about five foot seven. Um, I am five foot nine. Now I actually grew after <laughs> my 16th, 17th year, but, and 130 pounds, there's no fat there and very muscular because I was quite into sports. So it sort of confused me to tell you the truth, why I would be stating that, but in my oldest sister's charts, which they had back, you know, this would have been in the uh, 1970s, late 1970s. Um, the charts would tell me that, you know, I was too large because of course everybody had to be, you know, bone skinny. So coming back to the new place that I moved, uh, I ended up in the, it was hard. You know, you're going into a high school, you don't know anybody. Then I did meet a bunch of girls and uh, one in particular was, you know, in the dieting and I was starting to use, you know, that uh, uh, sweetener and I would hide the packets. So then she saw me one day, she goes, oh, I'm doing the same thing. And then this lady, she was even thinner. She was like my height and, you know, 125, beautiful. And here we are dieting. What the heck is that? Anyhow, needless to say, I'm sure that a lot of the listeners out there who are bulimic or have been would understand is that ended up being a whirlwind of the diets and the yo-yos and the ups and downs and mostly up. So you come down a few pounds, but gain more upwards. I ended up getting a job at McDonald's and this was just so much fun because I gained another probably uh, 20 pounds and uh, filled with wonderful Big Macs and McDonald's birthday cake. Yes, I was a hostess. I was promoted to a hostess and there used to be leftover cake and instead of throwing it out, I ate it. <laughs> Very bad. Uh, it was really good though. But anyhow, uh, it just seemed I couldn't lose weight. And then in college, I had a girlfriend who told me, you know, she had she said, I used to be really large. And I said, well, how did you lose the weight? Well, she goes, well, you can have your cake and eat it too. There's a way to do it. So I attempted, it was horrible, hated it, decided that wasn't the way, but then I was determined after, you know, one of the family members um, told me after my sister, my older sister, who, uh, not the eldest, but the older one, 
uh, she was quite overweight. She had lost a bunch of uh, weight off. The, she went through Weight Watchers. And when she came home, yes, I was told that I was the only fat one left in the family. So that triggered something in me. And it's strange, though, because when I'm looking back at who I was and what I was and how I changed through that move uh, was very significant uh, part of the whole behavioral change as well. So needless to say, I kept trying and I finally succeeded. And it wasn't long before my sister, um, the second oldest, I have three, by the way, uh, found it, found out and ran to mommy and told her. And then my mother yelled at me, which was typically uh, the way it was. Now, by this time, it was like uh, 1979, 1980, somewhere around that. There wasn't information out there. So my mother panicked and she yelled. And I know that a lot of uh, my uh, colleagues out there that I know that struggle with bulimia in right up to uh, later stages said the same thing. Uh, and I remember at one point, um, which was further on, basically, I started, uh, instead of you know, being bulimic, I decided to eat well, and I believe it or not, I lost weight. Uh, and yet I was eating, but I was very active. Uh, and I was basically threatened that I'd be thrown out if I didn't gain weight. So those are the things that we went through back then. But let's, you know, I'm digressing here. Um, so quickly into the next stage, I um, lost some weight. Uh, I never got really skinny. Uh, but I did lose the weight so that I uh, went down to my regular 130 pounds, and I was quite happy about it. Um, and at that time, I really didn't figure out where my bulimia was going. Uh, it wasn't al always and every day. Uh, so as time went on, however, and I then moved again, uh, we moved out west, and I started going to university. Um, I started to realize that um, my bulimia started to become, believe it or not, my friend. It was where I went to for solace. Uh, I would eat my, my sores, my pains, my anchors, and then I would just ritually throw them up. And I did end up having a boyfriend at that time who I did confide in, and he was really sweet, and, but he didn't know what to do. And I started going further and further into a bubble, like I just wanted to hide from everybody. You know, and the poor guy, he was just like trying so hard. He'd write me some beautiful poems and stuff. But I just started to lose my interest in pretty well everything, including my university. I did graduate, but uh, it wasn't as well as I could have done. Uh, my parents moved back east. I stayed there for a year. And that's when my bulimia really blew up. Um, I don't know. That was when I was started increasing it from the average of three to four times a day to eight to 12. And, uh, and on top of that, I wasn't even eating a lot. So it was almost more like, I mean, I was eating, uh, I wouldn't say I was a bulimorexic, but it was, you know, borderline there. Um, so from that point, there were some people who called my parents and said, she's not looking well. And my parents, they didn't come to my graduation, that's just the timing and everything. So I hadn't seen them in quite some time. But dad came and flew out to come and see me to make sure that they were telling the truth. And I was seriously falling down. I was starting to have depression really badly. I couldn't see my future. Um, it was just 
spinning downward. Now, you know, in hindsight, I realized that my bad eating behavior obviously went towards that because, you know, I wasn't feeding my brain and my body the things that it needed to not fall into a depression. So back to East, I went and stayed with my parents, uh, probably lasted about three months there. <laughs> As anyone knows, once you move out of your parents' place to go back, that is a difficult thing. And it wasn't so much about the bulimia at that point. It was just the, the, the fact that I couldn't do what I wanted to do. Um, I ended up getting back with a, a guy that I had fallen in love with when I was 18. And so four years later, we uh, hooked up again, moved downtown. And this is a strange factor. I moved away from my parents and it wasn't as bad. It, you know, it, my bulimia lowered, but it was still there. And then I found a beautiful counselor. She was just absolutely terrific and very positive. And while working with her, I was doing so well. Now, fun fact, she did warn me that my soon-to-be husband, who, by the way, is now my ex, <laughs> was a bad influence on me because she noticed that there was a pattern. And this is another thing. I am a bulimia recovery coach. And I note these, I note these patterns, I, you know, there are. And some bulimics will just say, oh no, it's just a habit. No, it's more than a habit. Um, it's just like, uh, it's almost equatable to alcoholism. And, you know, the other thing too, you can say, well, stop. Well, you know, it's not good for your health. Well, you know, try telling a smoker the same thing or an alcoholic the same thing or a druggie the same thing. Um, it's not, it is definitely some form of somewhat of an addiction. So anyway, moving forward, um, she warned me about that and I chose not to because I was madly in love with this guy. So got married, um, moved away again. This time we went down to the States and away from my family and I decided I'd start to work out, do the gym thing and, uh, you know, build some muscles because I'm, you know, I didn't think I even had muscles on my shoulder, believe it or not, because they were so like I never use them. I use my legs a lot in sports, but not much my arms. Uh, even if I was going to shop, but they were really, you know, not muscular at all. So this is what I did. Uh, started a good regime. I was uh, got pregnant, had my baby. Um, I was bulimic, uh, and my ex-husband, by the way, knew before we were married. I had told him, and um, I was suffering from bulimia when we first moved down to the states. But uh, but it was. Can you say controlled bulimia? Like it wasn't extensive. Uh, and then I had my son and I stopped altogether uh, for my pregnancy. But then when he was born again, it came back again. And this time it was regular. And that continued. We moved back home close to the family. Uh, I got pregnant again. Um, and at that point, I again stopped for my pregnancy. And by some heavenly way. I even quit for the two years uh, before my youngest son came along. Uh, I think I, at that point, I know that I felt that my life was feeling more balanced, that things were in control in certain ways. So it seemed that it wasn't an issue to quit. But then by the third one, oh my goodness, now here I am. I'm 33 years old. I have my third child. I have a full-time job that's quite demanding. Um, and of course, I want to balance my workouts. And of course, I ended up with that syndrome of I can't say no. And I was volunteering so much on top of that, that I didn't have any me time. So 
ultimately the bulimia and my eating, uh, I think I almost could equate it to me time. However, I know that there was more behind it, the stress, the overwhelm, and I just didn't want to deal with it. And I didn't want to take anything off my plate. I felt that, you know, I had to do what I had said yes to. I was dedicated to it. I committed to it. Uh, instead of looking at my health, I was just looking at what other people think. If I said, no, what if I quit? That's not good. I don't like to quit. And I was so demanding on myself. And over time, if I look at too, you know, from the time I was in grade two, I was always number two in class. I could never beat that one smart person. <laughs> and it bothered me. Um, and I guess I was always trying to attain that number one. And I was always trying to prove things to my parents. And then, of course, to to my husband and to to my friends that, you know, I had to have like the the perfect look, the, the perfect house, the perfect uh, well, my house was not always perfect, by the way, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, from the outside, you know, people looking outside at us, uh, they thought that we were like the perfect family, three beautiful children, boy, girl, boy, uh, my ex-husband, you know, I mean, he looked like Magnum P.I., for goodness sakes, he was gorgeous, um, very smart, brilliant man. And all of that just, uh, you know, was just a, a front for, you know, the pain that was going on inside of me. Um, over time, it just took its toll. Um, my ex ended up like really looking to someone else to be his friend. Um, and that was very painful and that did not help my bulimia. And then I started to think, oh my goodness, you know, she's so much prettier. And then, you know, how do I get to look like her more? And, and that's a bad thing when you're betrayed. And then further to that, we went on for five years trying to go for counseling. During my marriage, by the way, I did ask him to come along to support me and he refused, which was a little bit upsetting. I went to therapists, uh, psychiatrists, and to Overeaters Anonymous, and none of those worked. I did not have good experiences with those. Um, my very first counselor was the best that I ever had, but I've never found anyone like her after that. So that was difficult as well. Uh, I was joking around with somebody. I said, oh my goodness, I'm sure that not all the groups are like this, but the one I went to was so depressing that I came home and I was in a worse way than when I went in the first time. So yeah, that was not good. So I was trying to figure out how do I do this. Uh, the long of the short of it is bulimia took over. I started drinking a little too much, uh, trying to numb all the pain and the feeling that I wasn't good enough. And then uh, we tried to get through it, but five years later, uh, it occurred again with somebody close to home. So that was when I decided to divorce. Divorce was very, very painful. Um, it went on for four years for the settlement. And I just felt like I was just being crushed every time. And you know, sometimes when I talk about it, you probably hear my voice crackling. Uh, that feeling degraded uh, really, was just awful, particularly when you're somebody that, you know, you took pride and you tried so hard. And I'm sure that, you know, definitely I was not the perfect wife. And um, I know that my bulimia probably, no, I know it did affect my moods. Uh, there were times when it did, which is not good. And that's, again, because of nutritionally, I was not feeding my body what it needed to maintain that, you know, happy-go-lucky. I mean, it's not that I'm happy all the time now, but I can tell you my moods 
are so much different than they were when I was bulimic. So I left him and then, um, you know, my daughter stayed with me for a while. And then at 13, she decided to go move with her dad. So I decided to move away, started a business, uh, probably the worst time in life <laughs> uh, that I did. It was, you know, during this recession. And on top of that, I was panicking so much that I tried to grow the business too quickly. It was an auto repair shop. I added a muffler shop to it. I added an impound. And uh, there was a used cars uh, dealership that I had set up to there. So it that became really overwhelming. You know, when you have to pay your employees and you're sitting there going, oh my goodness, gonna make it to the next month. Um, at the time I was getting alimony and that did help. But in the end, uh, not enough. So I had to close shop. At the time I closed shop, I also uh, stopped the alimony. I told, I, I just wanted to cut ties with my ex-husband altogether. It just wasn't, you know, it almost felt as if there was still something over me as long as there was something stuck to it. So I moved in with my sister for about three months while uh, I was trying to get my feet back on the ground. And it was a strange thing because having cut all the ties, all of a sudden I woke up one morning and after my sister did say, she goes, no, I can still hear you. I know that you still have bulimia. Oh my goodness. What an eye opener. Listeners, I was 48 years old and still struggling with bulimia. And I'm not saying that. I know most people think that, you know, it's something that only affects, you know, adolescents and teenagers. But yeah, it does. But some of us carry it on with us for years to go. So you know, 30 years later, what am I doing? What all the time that I wasted, you know, and the food and the money um, and for what? Uh, here I sat in a room. Um, I had a few possessions in storage. But you know what I had? I had support. And my sister kept telling me, I love you. I love you. I don't want you to hurt yourself. I get it, you know but I just want you to know, no forcing, no nothing, very loving. And I decided that was it. There was really, there was never any excuse to hold on to it. I made those excuses. I chose to react the way that I did uh, with my ex-husband and, and the way that I wanted to, to others to perceive me instead of just being me and getting to know me and liking me and then saying, you know, you don't like it. Sorry. If you do stick with me. So Long of the short of it, that was when I recovered. And really excited to say that February 11th was my 10th anniversary. Uh, sometimes I would say I'm 11 years clear and then I'd look back and I'd fix the time and the dates and I'm going, nope, it was that, it was nine. So it was 10 years this year, for sure, 2011. And in those 10 years, what I really wanna say is in the first three years, the toughest thing I ever had to do was face my emotions. Uh, for one, with all of the support that the people were giving me when I lost my business and everything, um, I realized that that's what you really need, the support, the love. Materialistic stuff is important to a certain degree, but really when it comes down to it, it's not. It's the people around you, the people that you love. I started feeling the love more. Uh, sometimes that can be really scary. <laughs> Because when you're sort of numbing yourself, you know, if something happens, it's easier to handle, I guess, in a sense, because you're feeling more numb than the feelings themselves. I have, um, I started my blog 
at that time too called bulimiatic, basically being, you know, having been bullied, uh, being an addict. And then of course there's bulimia there too. So that was a play on words, bulimiatic. Uh, it's still up, bulimiatic.com. It follows the 10 years. Uh, the last few have been a lot more pleasant than the first three because uh, I was writing it all out. I was uh, just sitting there going, oh my goodness, you know. And then, uh, you know, then stopping drinking. And then I wrote one, you know, um, that I had and I posted it, uh, you know, a couple of years later because I think I was afraid to post at the time. Uh, basically, uh, the sober cry, crying while you're sober and completely sober. We're talking no alcohol, no bulimia, no nothing. You're sober. And uh, it was enlightening, believe it or not. So once the three years went by, I got a hold of the emotions. Now, the other thing that happened, though, is through that, because I had to deal with my emotions, let me tell you, I did have extreme anxiety. And uh, that was probably the hardest thing to get past. I still do suffer from it now and again. But at least I have a knowledge of what it is and what could be going on inside of me. Sometimes I don't. If I don't, then I go for help. Um, because sometimes anxiety, you can be anxious and not really know what it's about. But uh, that does, that that is a possibility. I know there's depression, but there's also anxiety. And I found the two to be quite different. When I was 22, the depression was very different than the anxiety that I had. Um, when I was, I guess that would have hit me when I was 40, just after 48. So, no, I was 48. So um, COVID brought it on a little bit again. Uh, I think that was more so though, the anxiety was more financial though. It was not so much more as much as emotional. And I think that many of us felt that way in that case. Uh, so understanding that, you know, just everything will be okay. You've got your family to support you. And uh, I hope that my listeners, those of you who are going through any of this, that you do have supportive family, definitely reach out to somebody whether it is, you know, a friend, a colleague, um, or even, you know, a coach. Uh, one thing that I do do with my coaching, I provide 24-7 access. So if there's anything and you're going, oh my goodness, you know, I can't wait for the week to come by. I need to talk to you now. I do allow for that. I think that's so important in this particular case. It's not like something that you can go through and run through and say, okay, yeah, you know, you've got these emotions, you're going through, um, you know, ups and downs. And uh, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. So, you know, because I've gone through the therapy for um, uh, basically uh, some trauma that had occurred that I decided not to deal with until later on in life. And, uh, and those were things that they would give me exercises, and I would work on the exercise. And then, you know, the week later, I would go and I would chat about it, we would discuss about what went on. It was great, you know, and it really did help, by the way, it was, yeah, I should have done it years ago. Uh, basically, maybe what I should have done is said, No, I'm not here for my bulimia, I'm here to fix my head, you know, there's things I'm carrying with me, obviously, that I didn't realize that they were that, you know, um, heavy, waiting on my on my, uh, on my mind. So yeah, it was, uh, it was great to get past that. And like I said, if you do uh, need somebody, have somebody that's there when you need them. Uh, like I, said, I was saying, you know, the one therapy is one thing if you're dealing with one thing, but with bulimia, uh, it could be as much as you can sit there and go, I wanna do this, I wanna do this. And you're waiting there and two hours later, you're gonna do it. Whereas if you get to chat somebody at the onset of when you're feeling it, uh, there's the possibility of, you know, pushing that mindset aside, maybe finding something else to do, even just the talking. 
could help. So that's me. So I am now 58 years old and I've never been happier. And I love this because why I want the bleep midlife bulimia is to let women know out there that, you know, midlife, I know some of them, uh, depending, you know, 35, but I would say more like 40 and 50, um, we're going through a lot of different things than we did when we were in our adolescence and just quickly to overview it. Uh, one thing that I did research, I knew already, but I wanted to research a little bit further was the fact that don't forget when we're turning 40, uh, we're moving into our adult puberty. We're going to be changing. We're going to be, instead of getting our periods, we're going to be losing our periods. We're going to be doing hot flashes. Our bodies are going to be changing. Uh, there is a bit of a wave right now of women in their 40s starting to limit because of these changes in their lives. And we really, um, I highly do not recommend it because uh, it does become more than just a diet and it does become an addiction, um, not a habit. It's an addiction uh, because if it was, well, I guess to some point, the habit is something hard to break, but I believe that it does, uh, it does more than that. And that's my opinion, by the way. I am not a psychiatrist, and so I'm just telling you there, here's my disclaimer, what I say here is my opinion. So yeah, just reach out and don't forget, yeah, we're gonna change. And you know, some days I look at my body, I'm going, I know I'm never gonna have the body that I had when I was in my 20s and 30s, so I better well like it. Uh, just a little clue as I go out, I have a nephew who passed away at 23 uh, of cancer. And let me try and get through this without, uh, my voice crackling. One thing that he made me realize there's some mornings we wake up and go, oh my goodness, I can't stand it. Look at my hair. My hair is just awful, you know, or, uh, oh my goodness, I've gained three or four, five pounds. He made me realize every day that I look at myself and if I don't like the way my hair is, I go, but it's mine and I have it and it's still on my head. And, you know, if I have a couple of extra pounds, he would have, well, he died not having any weight. <laughs> so, he would have uh, done anything to to change places with me. And he had two young children, uh, you know, a two-year-old and a newborn and a wife that he left behind. And uh, so what we have to look at is be grateful for what you have. I know that that's not the answer to uh, getting over bulimia. But next time you wake up in the morning, if your hair is not quite right, or if you have that little extra pound, just think of all the people out there who would just give anything uh, to have, you know, hair that they don't have to put a wig over their head because they've lost it or, you know, or trying to gain the extra pounds because they're ill and they can't. So, um, uh, it's not about, you know, when you quit, it's not, you're not necessarily going to gain weight. You might gain a pound or two. It's possible, but don't be under the misguide of the fact that, when you quit, you're just gonna gain weight. There is definitely not that. I have maintained my weight at 130 for 10 years and I eat whatever I wanna eat. At the beginning, I had to watch it because yes, we have the trigger foods, but over time I got comfortable with the trigger foods. If I want a Big Mac, I'll eat a Big Mac. Um, I eat it slowly so that if I'm full, I won't finish it. And uh, if I'm hungry, then I will, uh, but I know when to stop. And that's the thing. And of course, you also have to know the quantities because remember, I did work at McDonald's. <laughs> at that time, I didn't know when to stop. All right, guys, thanks for listening. 
And if anybody of you listeners are out there and want to be on my show, please, I do definitely want to start doing some more of these. Um, I do have another podcast. I just love the interviews. They're so much fun. And so you can reach me uh, by email at bleepbulimia at gmail.com, or you can go to bleepbulimia.com. There's a form request form to be a, uh, a guest on my show. And I would love to hear from you. Uh, whether you're somebody who is helping bulimics, definitely uh, you're welcome to come on board. And if you're a bulimic, whether you are one and you're comfortable talking about it on the podcast, or if you are a recovered one, please get a hold of me. Love to hear from you and love to hear your experiences. Um, on my website too, I will be posting, there is a link to an actual website. I'll be posting the different uh, topics that I want to cover as well. So you can pick one of those. Anyway, you guys have a great afternoon. Thank you very much for listening. And this is Laurie Ann signing off from Bleep Midlife Bulimia. Take care, everyone.